1: to episode 98 of the Freud's Angels podcast. Uh, Vanessa, what are we going to talk about? I'm
0: excited to talk about this. I feel like I always say that when I ask because I'm excited about everything we talk about, but this one in particular feels like it is uh, part of my journey currently. Um, And there's a lot of pride in it showing up in my life in a positive way for one. So (laughs) I'm pretty, pretty stoked on it. Um, And it's the idea of um, dismantling your cycles. Um, We all have them, you know, depending on what, uh, what our life has been like. We have cycles, some, some great, some, you know, could use a little bit of work. And, um, for me personally, it's the latter right now that I'm, I'm kind of, uh, facing, you know, just how to, once you recognize that you're in a cycle or that you do certain things over and over and over again, how the hell do I get off of this hamster wheel <laughs> and onto something better?
1: <laughs> totally hundred percent, you know, And it's funny because, you know, if you think of how cycles are made, cycles are made because we energetically have, we have a wounding or we have a situation and we keep repeating it because we haven't healed or we haven't taken care of the situation that caused that cycle to begin with. And a lot of people, their cycles are um, can be in relationships you're dating the same person over and over again and it's just a different body <laughs> and mm. but the same type of person they treat you the same type of way the same type of drama happens it can be work cycles you know you you start a job and you're gung-ho and then you burn out because they're asking you to do so much overtime and and so then you quit and then you go get the next job and you're like I'm never doing that again and and like five years later, you're like, I quit, I'm doing too much overtime. And then you're like, oh, oh, there's a cycle here. There's a pattern.
0: Like, oh, I'm part of this. Yes. <laughs> the common denominator is me.
1: Yes. What, what what is the same thing in all of these situations It's me? Yeah.
0: That's the good and the bad, right? Because the good being like. Oh, then I probably have some control over it now that I know. And the bad being the ownership that comes with knowing that you perpetuated cycles on a regular basis yep. <laughs> that caused you pain.
1: 100%, 100%. So, so, you know, I mean, I know there's so many who out there who can relate to this because I, I hear it. I see it on Instagram, Facebook, and all the social media. I'm here again. Why? Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's. Mine, mine is financial. Mine is I have cycles financially um, but you know for many different reasons. And like let me share an example. I will get my finances under control. I will be doing very well. I will feel like I'm, I'm in a space where I'm not robbing Peter to pay Paul, that' I'm, I'm actually working my finances well. I have things paid down or paid off. I have enough bandwidth to do fun things like take adventures. I feeling good. And then it's like, all of a sudden I, 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 I catch up living with in my needs in a sense mm-hmm. of I max out how much I'm spending each month yeah. to fit what I'm making. Yeah. And even beyond that. And so I go through this cycle and then I get upset because I'm like, you're here again. Hello. Why are we here again? Yeah. And so then I do the work and I get everything under control again. And then I'm okay. And I'm like, who we can breathe, we're fine, we're good, and then wham, all of a sudden. And so, I, for me personally, it's a lot of me having my re- certain relationship with money, certain relationship with what money means to me, how um, how money affects me, and how emotionally it's attached. You know what what's attached emotionally to money, and you know, and it goes way back from being a child, growing up in. I don't want ever want to say we were poor because, you know, we were, we had a house kind of, um, we had, you know, we had food. So it was like, but we were never rich. We were never middle-class. We -hmm. always hovered between middle-class and that poor line because, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom, she made money, but she, her, her expenses totally more than outweighed her income. Yeah. And so, you know, you have discussions of, you know, familial, multi-generational healing. You have discussions here of, you know, because of having extra money and bandwidth, I go crazy because my pendulum swang the other way from not having it for so long. And, you know, there's all these factors that make up my relationship to money. And so I have to sort it out. I have to say, what, what's the truth of the situation? Yeah. And how do I get to be where I'm, I'm always, I don't want to say in control, but I'm always mindful. And then I'm always respecting money and by the need of money in the future versus Mm -hmm. just right now, the instant gratification of it or whatever that is. Now things happen. I have a business. So sometimes I have business expenses that are, that are big and I allot for that, but at the same time, you know, I have to do as much planning as I can to mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to happen. It seems to just be like, oh, here we are. And I need to spend $400 on supplies or, or something yeah. that my business needs in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there's that situation. Um, so it can be, there can be a cycle with everything with
0: yeah
1: food, with money, with relationships, with work, with families, there's, there's cycles everywhere. Yeah. Because cycles are,
0: are routine (laughs) when you really think about it. I mean, it's just kind of like, we're, we're only going to be able to operate from whatever it is that we operate from, like, and, and we're going to keep doing it until we like intend on doing something different. Mm -hmm. And without the awareness, we're not going to do anything different. We're just going to stay stuck in that, um, no matter what it is. But yeah, like when you really start to, I mean, I don't want to say it can get really ugly, but sometimes I feel like it does when I, when I have to really sit and think about how many cycles I actually operate within (laughs) and being like, "Mm." because it's easier, right? Like I think again, like without having to be intentional on a regular basis and we're running from our, our autopilot, it is easier it feels right. Because we don't have to put a a lot of mental energy into evaluation and replanning and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But the thought process that I've had to go through is once you change the cycle and you create good cycles, it is going to be the same feeling. You're just going to get a better effect. And (laughs) that helps me (laughs) when I face them being like, this sucks. I don't like to do the shadow work. I don't like to sit in the, wow, you did this moment instead of this happened to you moment. Um, but I I talk myself into the, the growth by being like, okay, but you could be one of those people that has a healthy cycle, a healthy autopilot to operate from in, in, in this instance. And when I say many cycles, it's like, I can relate to the financial cycle on a different level, but it's absolutely there because of growing up similarly, like we had stuff, but we didn't. And we were very aware of how difficult it was that any of those things were there. So it was not like, uh, there was a lot of anxiety around buying things and a lot of anxiety around how much to work and how much you need to, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff being there so that even having felt like sacrifices were made, and there was some sort of guilt associated with it. And, you know, me being me, it's like, I want to do the opposite thing. But what does that do? It throws me, it throws me into a cycle of being so stubborn, <laughs> that I won't do it. <laughs> And I find myself in almost the exact same position because I didn't learn how to do the positive cycle. I didn't learn how to chase the good. I learned how to manage and survive. And, you know, you see that that cycle shows up and you want to change it. And, you know, I'm literally packing my house. Three years after I packed my house the last time on the same days, <laughs> and being like, "Go and and it, it is exactly the same as three years ago." I'm going to the exact same place for the summer. I'm planning to come to almost the exact same place after. <laughs> it's like this couldn't be more like a do-over. Like I'm exactly. getting a mulligan chance. <laughs> to go, go be safe, go be with your friends, go be where the love is while you wait for thing, you know, the, the things to fall into place, but I'm getting the opportunity to sit and say, what cycles are we breaking right now? And we're going to break them right now. One being that I always have felt like I needed somebody to help me do things like that I couldn't do it on my own. I always felt like, and sometimes I still do, because it's, it's it's hard to be alone in this world, y'all, especially financially. But the idea that like going and getting a house as a single mother and, or, or anything really in, in that realm, it, fe- it felt so far-fetched that it was like, I was just always looking for a safety net. Who can help me? Who can help me? And you know what happens when you you have that thought process, but you also have a boundary issue and, <laughs> and you continuously bring people in your life who want to use you. Guess what happens? <laughs> the rug comes out from under that safety net because it wasn't there for like the best intentions and best reasons. Yeah. And here's the cycle, right? So I have a couple of them that I'm, that I'm trying to stop, but because of all the work that I've done in the last three years or so, I have a different feeling about all of it. I am determined, not with stubbornness, like I tend to be. I'm determined to feel like I can do this. Like I don't need, I will accept some forms of help, but because I don't need it, I will not throw myself into another situation where I'm at somebody's mercy in any way because that's the thing that's the cycle I need to break is is mercy I don't want to be at somebody's mercy I don't want to receive help into the place that makes me helpless I want to receive help with my power it like adds on yes so cycle you know of whatever whatever that is working on relationship cycles I got that little pang when you said yeah you'll date the same person <laughs> I was like, it hurts. Right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and <in> the heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because but again, it's it, that's another one of those things where we can sit in awareness. We can stay in awareness. Yep. And then perpetuate the cycle if we aren't doing intentional work to not, you know, and that's like wild. It is wild how quickly that happens. I've you know experienced that too of just thinking, Hey, you know, I'm going to get in another relationship. What's that, what's, what's that going to be like? And being tested and being like, Oh my gosh, look at how quickly things change from what you thought you were going to do to what you're doing. (laughs) Autopilot off, man. Yes. But it's, it's, it's exciting, you know? And I think that when you hear all of this kind of stuff, maybe you're thinking, wow, dismantling the cycle sounds hard. It is but it's so good because knowing on the other side of it, like I was saying before is a healthy cycle that is also effortless. I'm like, so here for
1: that. (laughs) I, and you know, what's funny is too, is as you were talking, I was thinking that the freedom that we access on the other side of it, because when we break one cycle, where tendency is that there's other cycles that are attached to that cycle that begin to fall away everything is so interconnected. Absolutely. Like I've been trying, as I said, I've been trying to deal with the financial cycle of my, of what I do. And, and part of that is learning my relationship with money. But as I'm, as I'm hold on just one second, I got to kill a cat. Um, as I am she's trying to bite my toes. Um, as I'm dismantling this cycle, these other things have been showing up my relationships with people, mm-hmm. my you know, how like old patterns and old feelings of how I felt in high school. And I was never the popular kid. And so all of those feelings kind of showed up. And I'm like, and I said to my therapist, I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with my financial cycle? And I was just like, I, I have no idea. But I, as I was talking, it began to kind of show me interconnectedly how it does fit and how some of my first thoughts of, worth and money and how that impacted my relationship with my friends impacted my relationship with the people around me. And, you know, and then how as an adult getting a young adult, how that further impacted me and and how my pendulum really went far so far the other way that I put myself into, you know, danger and, and not in a physical sense, but a financial sense. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so there was, there was all this interconnectedness. So, as you're pulling the thread of your cycle, don't be surprised if something else shows up that's telling you, you know, this is part of it. And you're like, really? Because I'm like, friendships, money, <laughs> people, play? what, what, how, how, how? And and when it clicked and it finally, because I'm a very I as I talk in therapy and often on my, our podcast, I were I'm recording from my living room today, but I have a I have a slider door and outside is a beautiful Oak tree and it's my favorite tree. And I'll look at it. And as I'm looking at it, and as I'm saying words, I see words like fit together. Like <laughs> it's a very weird trippy thing that I do, but awesome. <laughs> it's, it's how all the things that's cause I'll sit there and I'll start talking and then I'll pause and I'll go, Oh, Oh, and my therapist yeah. kind of giggles to herself and watches me look outside and find all the connections of things. Yeah. So <laughs> when you're tugging at this one thread of whatever it is, maybe it is relationships for you. Maybe you are trying to find that person who does truly love you for who you are and, and you know, and you start tugging at it and, and you know and something else shows up that's totally seemingly unrelated. It is related. So yeah. you know, ask for the clarification from mm-hmm. yourself, from your universe, your guides or whatever, or even your therapist. How does this fit? And they'll help take you down that road to shows where it does fit. Um, you know, and, and especially with relationships. So as I'm talking, I mean, I'm listening. Cause the angels are like, it seemed to be very present right now. And, and as I was talking about relationships and about um, somebody loving us for who we are and then the angels rebutted, well, are you showing up as who you are? <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't ask you that question. Right. Like that's
0: not the work we're doing right now. Leave me alone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Somebody out there, whoever that message was for, you know, if you are trying to manifest a relationship for someone who loves you just as you are right now, the question is from the angels, are you showing up as your true authentic self in all the situations? Which is really and truly, I'm like,
0: whatever angels, like, cause I know it, like, the, again, like when you, when these things come, they sting a little bit, you know, yeah. because you're like, oh my God, but it doesn't always mean that you can go further. Right. Cause it's scary to go there, but, but I think our ego sometimes comes in and is like, uh, well, yeah, obviously I'm showing up as who I am. I'm a nice person and I give to people and I, whatever, and you'll like talk your way back into people pleasing as, uh, as some sort of wonderful trait that you have in a relationship. (laughs) I can get along with anyone was like the thing that I used to say. And it was like, now looking back, like, well, no wonder you got anyone (laughs) (laughs) because you were like so non-specific, but then you showed up as whoever you needed to show up as. Yes. Typical airside. Just because, because it didn't matter because you didn't care because- it was fine. You always knew that it didn't need to be forever. You know, like there's all these things that you talk yourself into, but one of the things that I felt like the last time that I went out on the dating journey was that that was one of the things I needed to look out for. And I failed again, y'all like, and it happened again, autopilot, the trauma comes in so quickly that you don't even know what's happening right? It took me months later to be like, what was happening? Because I didn't consciously say, well, I'm going to do all these things. So that they like me. I don't ever have that thought process in my head at all. I don't ever say, oh, I have to make them like me. It's I never, but then it happens <laughs> that I people please. And it's like, well, you're not saying it, but you're doing it. So what is that about not showing up as who I am because of, I'm afraid of the criticism. I don't like criticism. I don't like being confronted because it hurts if you can't accept who I am when I'm, you know, raw and haven't done the work I've done enough work that it feels a little bit better, but it still comes in. Right. So you put your, put your dating profile up there and you see, I, I saw somebody that had an Instagram. And I thought I'll connect my Instagram. And then the next thing was, do you really want to connect your Instagram? And it was like, I had to have that conversation with myself of, well, that's who you are. Why are you being weird? (laughs) Like they're going to find out who you are eventually. Right. (laughs) And You know, like really going into that space and being like, oh, okay. That's something to work on of whether or not you show up and say, this is all those things. And if you don't accept any of them, or if you don't accept it, one of the big ones that matters to me, then this cannot be meant to be. I can't people please my way into this relationship because it will never last. Nope. And that's, that's a hard reality for a lot of us, myself included of we put our best foot forward and forget to put our real foot forward. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. It's like, if we put the ugly forward, the stuff we think is, you know, that we don't like about ourselves, if we put that forward, chances are we're going to get a real indication of who the person is really quickly. So less time will be invested. So absolutely. (laughs) So it's like, let's just, just show up as your create, as our weird, crazy, creative, beautiful selves. Who are you know kind of high strung at some moments and really chill at the next, and let's right. see what happens,
0: right? And let the rejection not be rejection, and let right. it be the universe making sure that the wrong people don't come in there. Right. Don't call it rejection of you. Call it
1: like repelling <laughs> what doesn't belong. Well, it's it, like it, it's like you go in, you try on a dress. Say you're going right. shopping or you're trying on clothes. If it doesn't fit right, you say, "Nope, it's not for me." You're not you don't feel rejected by the clothes you don't mm-hmm. feel rejected by i mean granted depending if you have oh, your yeah. body issues it's a whole other story because man right there's something if,
0: if the color isn't the color yes.
1: uh, yeah <laughs> i i do feel like i i, I get angry and clothing designers yeah. really like intensely to the point where i have temper tantrums and the fucking yeah we won't go there <laughs> someday we're gonna go there but we won't go there today so <laughs> I digress. So, you know, you go in and you're like, the clothes, the pattern's not right. The color's not right. Mm-hmm. Washes you out. You just say, okay, yeah, that's not for me. That's not a pattern. It's the same thing with relationships. And if you're investing that much of your worth and heart and energy all at once, it means you have work to do, first of all. Sure. But if you can't just show up as who you are and be very honest about who you are, then you will never know if the relationship fits until you're tired of wearing the facade of someone they have come to expect. Yes. Because that's what happens. Mm. We show up, us people pleasers, we show up, we do all the things, we listen to what they love, we cook them all their favorite foods, we <laughs> get them all their favorite things, we, we, we create space for them to be who themselves because we would want that for us. We, if we could be ourselves. right, right if we chose to be ourselves um, and and we do all of these things. And then all of a sudden when we have a need and they're mm-hmm. like, wait, what? I have to fulfill your needs too. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck? I've done all of this. Uh huh. Well, I never asked you to do any of that. You did it because that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh well, so this person isn't really gonna support me the way that I need to be supported. No. Nope. Okay. I wish I would have known this a year ago.
0: Yeah. You just <laughs> described every relationship.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Literally every single me do. one of them. Me
0: too. Because because it doesn't seem like a big deal, right? Like because yeah. you just feel like you're giving what people love. And and I love to give what people love, yeah. but the what reality being that just because I don't need things on a regular basis doesn't mean I want somebody who isn't even interested yeah. <laughs> in it in it so it's kind of like come to that point where you have to you have to be sure because this 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 is also what happens when we swing pendulums right so the next person that comes along gets nothing <laughs> Yeah. Right? like you get nothing And I will be like stone cold until you prove that you <laughs> deserve all of this. And it's like, that's not right either. Got to find the boundary and the middle of being able to figure out that stuff. And it takes a lot of work because what's the need that we usually need?
1: Oh. A break. Oh yeah. That too.
0: <laughs> we need to be able to say no. Yeah. and have it be okay. Yep. But we never did it. And so we trained them that that is a rejection of them. Yeah. And that sucks. Like when I recognized that about myself, I was like, I am really sad that I did that, you know, that, that, it, and then you go backwards and you're like, there were times I could have said no. And I didn't, cause I didn't want to disappoint them. Those were times I didn't show up for myself and I would have, early on, been able to vet whether or not this person was going to like fulfill my needs. And sometimes it's really early on, you know, like in your dating phases, when you don't want to go out or you don't want to do something and you're like, well, you know, I mean, if I want to be with this person, it can be that early when you don't show up for yourself, right? It's hard. It's hard to see all those patterns. Once you see them, man, they're crystal clear. And you're like, well, I guess we'll see what happens, you know, because like I tell everybody, whatever your pain point is, we only get to practice it when it shows up, we can practice here in this beautiful safe space. We can talk about what you're going to do when your panic comes in, we can talk about, but until it shows up, we have no idea what's really going to happen. We just hope with our fingers crossed that the, that the things got deep enough in your programming that you can access it in your time of need. It's scary to think about that, but that's the reality. You get in a relationship and you're like, I'm people pleasing again. Like, <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Cause you didn't know all the ways that it came in. You didn't know how early on it comes in. You didn't know that you weren't showing up as yourself because you didn't believe that you you needed to be at the forefront. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, and it's even harder when you're actively trying to have autonomy. Like for example, right now I'm practicing checking in with what it is I feel I need and want before I agree to do things with friends before Mm -hmm. I agree to go on adventures, because sometimes I don't want to go. Sometimes I want to stay home because I need home time. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, like Friday night, I was had a bit of a headache. I was kind of in my pajamas all day cause I have Fridays off and I just, I had therapy and it was pretty, you know, it was intensive enough, but it was, you know, I just, I felt low. I felt really low. And, and so I was like, I don't feel like being around people. So exactly. I just, you know, I, I said, I'm not going and, and part of me is like a fear of missing out, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm not part of the group. They're not going to accept me. I'm not going to, because I didn't go, you know, and I always say, yeah. if there's plans made for the weekend, let me know. And yeah. when, um you know, and they did make plans and I decided to go because I was like, okay, I need community. I mm-hmm. haven't seen them and it felt good, but at the same time, like, you know, it, it's, it's me understanding that they're still going to be my friends, whether I go or not. Yeah. And that it's okay to have distance. It's okay to have time for myself and I can do that. And and they don't have a problem because they know that there are days I'm going to show up and days that I'm not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I approached this whole, when I met the group, I approached it that way. Yeah. Like I approached it with the idea of, you know, some days I may not feel well enough or I may not want to come and et cetera, et cetera. So. I'm trying to understand it better so that when I enter into an intimate relationship with someone that's more than friends, I have the ability to say, no, I have the ability to express what it is I need in the moment so that. I. I. I'm not afraid to, sorry. Mm -hmm. It's okay. So that I show up in that relationship as myself, as as, Mm -hmm. in what I need. And, you know, it's it's hard because I do have people-pleasing tendencies. I still do. (laughs) They showed themselves last week too.
0: (laughs) Like, fuck. They're sneaky little bastards.
1: (laughs) 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 But at the same time, it's like, it's showing me where, you know, I have to be, I am being a little courageous. And when I do confront things that aren't okay and where, how maybe I have been people pleasing and it didn't serve me and I had to step up and take care of myself because I was people pleasing and, and then, you know, and so on and so forth. And where I had to confront someone who I care about and I care deeply about because something happened that upset me and I had to use nonviolent communication in order to confront the situation in fear that they wouldn't be my friend any longer because, you know, of course that wasn't going to happen, but (laughs) you know, I felt there was a risk. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our old programmings are there. Like for me, confrontation, yelling, arguing, even just mild disagreement is like a hot button thing for me. Like, it sends me into my trauma response very quickly. Yeah. And so because I feel conflict, disagreement, or are arguing in any way equals love being taken away, equals mm. not support. And so it's a very hard narrative to to turn around, but mm. I'm 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 practicing it so that I can turn it around. And, and it doesn't mean I'm creating situations where I need to practice love <laughs> uh, situations Run around itself. looking for
0: some arguments. <laughs>
1: Confrontation, anyone, anyone? <laughs> learn. Um, so, you know, it's it's having just the courage to, to say how we're feeling and uh, in a way that's not blame or shame or you did this or you did that, but in sharing how I'm reacting to a situation and having space and wanting that person to go, oh, okay, and see how their actions impacted that situation. Mm -hmm. And not to say that they were at fault, but just understand for them to understand how I'm feeling and that, you know, and it's all in how we approach it too, because I could easily say, fucker, you did this, you did that, you did this, but that doesn't explain what it did to me. It doesn't explain how I reacted. It doesn't include why I reacted that way. And the emotions that it felt like in the cellular memory that I carry, because I can only control me. And when I explain, when we explain to others, Hey, when you do this, it hits up against this and me, and this is how I react to it. Or when this happens, this is how I react to it. And it gives that person space to not feel like you're pointing the finger so that they shut down and stop listening. It's basically explaining. And if they still don't get it, you can say, and sometimes when these situations happened, like yesterday, this is my response to them. And this is how I feel. And mm-hmm. this is the reaction to that type of situation. And it's, it takes blame and shame out of the whole conversation, because that's not what we really want. In the end, we mm-hmm. want people to understand how their actions have impact us. So mm-hmm. if we give them a very neutral way of doing that, we have the autonomy to create healing within ourselves and within the relationship, because mm-hmm. If the person recognizes it goes, oh, I never wanted you to feel that way. I'm sorry that I'm really sorry that that happened. And this is the situation and how it happened for me. You can have an understanding of how they were in the situation. And then and then things kind of like, oh, okay. And then you move on. That's, mm-hmm. that's how quickly something can be dealt with. Rather than it stretching out for months and months and months and months, a year, (laughs) (laughs) and becoming the foundation of disruption between the relationship, you know? Right. So, So,
0: because we got to get as close to the root as possible, right? Because the root is what matters. The root is where the pain is. It's not the surface level thing that triggered it. It never is the surface level thing that triggered, triggered it. It's always the root itself. It is an exposed nerve that gets touched. And when we can't, when we, first of all, when we're not aware of it, we're never gonna communicate it, right? So we're always gonna stay surface level. We are always gonna react to the surface level thing without knowing why we're reacting that way, you know, or I'm not gonna say not knowing why, thinking that the reason why is the other person, <laughs> You know why, but it's just totally blame and totally, you know, power with outside of your body, outside of your soul. But being able to do that, there's so many ways that that heals your trauma of being able to say, this is my exposed nerve. You touched it but I need to, I need to rewrite that story. I need to heal that. So I'm sharing this with you, not to blame you, but again, it's kind of like we together need to tell this exposed nerve that that is not always true so that we don't always have to react that way so that we will always have a little bit of doubt and start asking asking questions and start communicating because that's the only way that it will get healed. Otherwise, we're just going to argue semantics about everything over and over again without actually getting to the root of it. And we're going to do it with everybody. (laughs) It's like, I, I feel like so many times when I've gotten like kind of upset like that, if I allow it to be a mirror it makes things so much easier, right? Like of what am I perceiving is happening? Because the only reason why I'm reacting this way is because I I have a perception of what's happening based on something within me. So it's either how I've felt when that has happened to me before, how I feel when I do it to somebody else, there's something that, that I have to look at right now. There's, There's a mirror in front of me saying, look at this thing, look at you right now. It's, it, it's it's hard to do in the moment, you know. Like this is what we're talking about. But when the moments come, if we can hold on to that and go, all right, I, I don't want to feel that way anymore, and go explore that in whatever way works for healing, for you, it really it's the only way to eliminate our triggers or to lessen our triggers. Otherwise, we're it's going to be different person, same trigger, all the time. And we're always going to feel like it's not something that we can control and it's something that happens to us versus something we can take, take, you know, take out of it.
1: Right. Right. And, and, you know, and I could, you know, it's for, I I think it's like first step of create dismantling your cycle is a realize that you are the common denominator in all your situations. Mm -hmm. And your energy in these situations matter. Yeah. And
0: sucks, right? Like when you think about being in a cycle of of horrible relationships, you're like, no, they're terrible. Like, yes, that is not, these things are true together (laughs) (laughs) that they are terrible and you participated. They're true together. (laughs) Right.
1: Because I mean, really we all, the, we are the results of our choices in a lot of ways. And so, you know, yes. Okay. If you're attracting that cycle of a bad you know, a bad partner, then, okay, then what is it that's attracting? Then you start to ask questions. You get curious. What are the cycles in my life? Can I see them? What, what is a big one that happens to me? Is there, is there a phrase that I use all the time to describe about something or something or someone, you know, is it, is it like relationship cycles? Is it financial? Is it work? Is it, what, what is the cycle? And, what is it that like feels wrong about the cycle or what is it that is wrong about what you're experiencing and you want to change and shift. That's kind of like the first part of the experience is the admitting that we are the common factor in all of our situations Mm -hmm. and seeing what is our cycle, what cycles do we have? Mm -hmm. And then working on understanding where the cycle came from, why you have it, how Mm -hmm. you perpetuate it, and then working more into how do we rewrite that narrative of that cycle? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cause once we take ownership, we take power and it's like, you take possession literally <laughs> of that. Like, oh, this isn't a cycle that happens to me. If this is a cycle I've created, yeah. well, dang, I, that means I don't have to do it anymore. It's yeah. like, okay. I mean, an easier said than done, but man, does that bring a little bit of hope <laughs> to be able to be like, no, no, no. Yeah wait a minute here. If this isn't something that has to happen, how do I make it not happen? Right. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm saying, I don't want to do it. I'm going to show up for myself today and start that work.
1: Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, we have just as much power to have a better cycle versus a cycle that doesn't serve us. Yeah, I mean, either way, we're the driver.
0: We're either a conscious or subconscious driver though. (laughs) Yeah, true,
1: true story. Are we just kind of floating through life and allowing life to happen to us or are we equally participating in this life? (laughs) So, Now, remember all of you, if you are working through cycles or any type of other trauma, Vanessa and I do what's called a trauma cleanse and it's a very safe, comfortable, empowering way to further explore and, and discover what trauma you are clearing and trying to heal with Vanessa and using her intuitive psychology uh, magic in order to see where it is, to see the roots, to work on releasing it, changing the narrative for yourself. And then when you're complete with her, or you feel it's time, when it's time, you come see me. Because with everything we release and the cellular memory that we can release, We never want to create a vacuum. We want to bring in that light. We want to bring in the healing. We want to not only let, let go of it mentally and emotionally, we want to release it from our energetic fields and whether it's any or all of the fields and our physical being, because we hold that cellular memory. We don't want to revisit it again and again and again and again, we want Mm. it to be cleared and we want it to be healed and released and, so when it's time that will happen and that's what we use, that's what I will help you with. So we also work individually. So I know a lot of so's today, sorry. Pete. Um, so, so buttons. Um, <laughs> we also work individually. So you just need a little bit of counseling or maybe you need a little bit of energy work. Both of us work as well individually and have sessions available. So contact us at freudsangels.com at freudsangels at gmail.com is our email or hit us up on our Facebook or Instagram pages. Uh, We're here to help. We're happy to help. We're here for you. And let us know what's happening. And if you have ideas or want to see other episodes, please drop a comment below, um, whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or even Google Podcasts, Or say you find us on Facebook, drop us a comment somewhere that says, Hey, I would love to hear you guys talk about X. You know, we love that when you guys give us ideas and, and, um, you know, different topics. Yeah. So if you have anything, you need us, we're here for you. Um, so until then, until next week, we'll talk to you later. All right. Love y'all. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room.
0: More deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast. I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at Vanessa Perry Counselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net.
1: And if you wish to take your healing further, through energy work, or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.